0: An heir and a spare. One son, protected future king. The other, a dense, drug using recluse destined for failure. That is, if we are to believe the press. In the best selling memoir of all time, a high ranking member of the royal family gives us an inside look into the world he was born into and ultimately left for his sanity and health. The book, Spare, The Royal. Prince Harry, Duke of Sussex. And you're listening to Lit Society. Let's Let's get get lit. lit! How do you feel back in the
1: saddle? Mm. Uh, It's going to take some getting used to it. We have not recorded in a while.
0: It's been nice. (laughs) Right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. That feels good.
0: And thank you to all of our listeners who come back every season. This is our fourth year, fourth season. And every time we take a break, our numbers keep going up. I so thank it. you so much. We've we have steadily progressed in um number of downloads and listeners per month since we started. So I mean that's I great. That. We're like a we're for real. We're like a podcast. Ah. Like we be like, you know, do you listen to this American life, this society, you know, criminal? Anyway, we have been there. We're in those categories. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In my mama house. But oh. um, anyway, do you want to? Usually we start the season by sharing a little bit about what's going on in our lives. And because of our schedules, oh. uh, we didn't have time. I mean, I'm full disclosure. Alexis was up and ready according to our schedule to record. And I was in bed wrapped up like that meme of Homer Simpson. <laughs> and she did it. I said, what did she roll all the way from wherever <laughs> she lived? I don't know if we can tell your business. You can tell. You can tell. Yeah. So. As Harry is running out, Alexis is running in. She lives in Buckingham, yeah. y'all. And she <laughs> has been living in the greater London area for a year. Well, nearly a year. No, no. For how long? Uh, four months. Almost. Yeah. About four months. Well, it's felt like a year to me. <laughs> um, but... <laughs> She is over I- there thriving, not just mm-hmm. surviving. You want to tell us a little bit about your um your new home? Yeah, you know, I am living in the English
1: countryside, and I love saying that actually. Because the hills, the scenic views, the <laughs> views, they're spectacular. And every chance I get, I record them. And I'm like, every time I see them, they're just breathtaking. We took a walk last week and um, we looked out. I don't even know where we were, but it, it was just really beautiful to take these paths and walk along and see the hills and see the. sometimes we see some sheep and some horses wow. and uh, and just the great distance at which you can see them. So I've been enjoying the peace um, that I have while I'm here. It's been really exciting. While I'm here, of course, I've taken a few vacations. I flit. I fly. Uh And (laughs) that's been really exciting. And then I come back and land here. Um, So I'll I'll be here for a little while longer and then I'll head back to the States. But it's been quite enjoyable. My time here. It really has been.
0: So like our author today, coming from um, a life where your schedule is not your own, where it was a lot of hustle and bustle, a lot was demanded of you. um, Your own personal standards were not considered. Ah uh, frankly, right. and um your schedule was not molded to for for the for you to be successful <laughs> coming from that and all the stress that goes with it to the life you're living now what what's changed for you what How do you feel? Oh, I feel at peace um and you're busy. Yeah. you're not just you know laying around <laughs> no. I have been busy um,
1: besides the traveling. I'm also taking some classes online. So that's been um, fun to do. I'm trying to learn a new language. Duolingo tells me every day you beat me (laughs) on Francais. (laughs) I be like, so? I be pushing myself (laughs) to try to learn something now. Don't ask me anything. Okay because I won't know the answer.
0: Mm, learning new things as an adult. So important. <laughs> Another lesson we learned from this book. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, but I am having fun. I'm um, And I, the peace that I have
1: while I'm here mm. is something that I like to keep and protect and wrap it up in a bottle for when I return to my regular life.
0: And reclaim your time. You know, it's a lot of talk about quietly quitting. I don't I mean, that's not for people. People want to do their best. And I think we thrive as humans when we put our best foot forward. The problem is people be (laughs) expecting more of you than is reasonable. Not Uh me. I love my job, but I see it in others. (laughs) And it's Mm -hmm. not right. It's not right. Yeah. So people aren't trying to just be lazy. Well, maybe they are. Not Alexis. This let me just speak for <laughs> me and my friends. Alexis <laughs> ain't trying to just be around, laying around, lazy. She no. want to work, but she wants satisfying purpose wait, wait, for do work.
1: I? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I want to work. Her,
0: perp, her life purpose <laughs> is supposed to be tied up in what she do for money, right. which is crazy, I, but. Let's let her have. it. she been in Africa walking with the lions? It's beautiful. I'm jealous. Let's move on. Well, what's going on with me? You ask. Yes, I do ask. I want to hear your scoop, please, ma'am. I've, I've taken the time off to uh, develop a travel. Centric YouTube channel. Uh, Please go to YouTube if you're a YouTube viewer and check out Chicagoings. That's Chicago, I-N-G-S. I'm sharing videos there. That takes a lot of time. This is a new skill for me. Uh, So editing just one video literally takes me days. It's a lot of Mm. time. Um, But that's the new skill I'm learning. Along with French right now, I do need to get more serious about French. In addition to Duolingo, which is okay, I like Pimsleur, which I know Joe French Franco uses. Perhaps you guys know Joe Franco from her Netflix show or from her um, retired YouTube channel. Shut up and go. That was the name of it. So, yeah, she she knows a lot of languages and she recommended Pimsleur. I like that. And also, I think Memrise, uh, because have you heard of that? No, no. That's an app for learning languages where you see people speaking as if they're speaking to you. And that can also I'm trying to see which one helps me more between Duolingo, Pimsleur, which is really old, but useful and um, Memorize. And so there are also communities online where you can have uh, workshops with people so you can practice the language. I don't know if I'm doing that. Well, Whatever. So that's that. Anything else you want to talk about before we jump into our book? Just
1: on the Duolingo, I find that Duolingo is most helpful if you want to read the language.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and sentence structure, I will say. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's great in a classroom. Sometimes, though, if you're going somewhere for the summer, I find I need to learn conversational how to speak the language. But all of that's together like yeah. But you need more
1: opportunities to practice that, and you don't really have that with
0: Duolingo. No, no, you're not speaking. I like memorize because they're speaking to you, and you're supposed to speak back to them, and that's on mm. you if you don't do it. But the opportunity is there, um, right? So, well, let's take a break. Yes,
1: let's do that. Okay. <laughs> I'm getting people's opinion about the new Prince Harry book, Spare. Okay. Are you going to read it? Yes, definitely going to read it. I would like to hear his side of the story. Mm -hmm. Because I feel that a lot of stuff has been distorted. I won't read it. Mm, why not? Because
0: like others have said, it's just one-sided. Because he's airing all his problems in public rather than keeping them to themselves. It's one-sided.
1: Mm. It's not two-sided mm-hmm. story, and so you only get one person's opinion and mm-hmm. how they saw it happening. Okay, so. What well, don't you think one person's opinion matters? Uh, I do think his opinion matters, but I think it should have been done in closer. Ah, uh, okay. Will you be reading this book? I won't be reading it, no. Why won't you read the book? I don't think it's a private affair between him and his family. Mm. Do you think it'll be sharing too much personal information? I think so, yeah. You don't think it'll be more about himself than <laughs> about his family? Well, not having read it, I wouldn't know, but
0: I think it's more about Sarah Brooks.
1: I feel maybe he's fallen in love with the wrong person, oh. unfortunately. OK. But that's what love is all about. It's trial and error. OK. But I do feel they're very much in love with each other. OK. But maybe she's not the right one for the royal family or the person they would have picked. Do you think... The book, and I hear there's a documentary out there. Do you think those will have an impact on the royal family and how it affects their relationship? Of course it would. Yeah. Because um, he has basically said things that were never known by people outside right. of the palace. Yep. Um, I think it will be bad for the family. Mm. Do you think they'll recover from it? Um, or do you think
0: he'll be shunned?
1: I think it'll stay with them. Harry keeps saying the bulls in their court and in the royal family's court and that he would like a relationship back with his father and his brother. Uh-huh. But I think
0: maybe it's gone too far. And we're back. Alexis. Hey. <laughs> Alexis, is there anything you'd like to share about our author, Prince Harry, Duke of Sussex, before you dive into his story?
1: You know, actually, no, because there's so much in this book. Um, about the author. So I won't really go into that, but I will say that the publisher claims that this memoir is the fastest selling nonfiction book ever with 400,000 sales on its release day. The only other book to beat it was the Harry Potter titles.
0: Oh, that's so interesting. I saw a list of memoirs and this was at the top by far, Um, Mm -hmm. but I did not see a list of fiction compared with this nonfiction work. So that's that's very interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, then let's get into a brief synopsis. Can you please provide us a rundown, a no spoilers filled synopsis, quick synopsis of this book?
1: Yeah. Um, A story of family, loss, trauma and love, British Royal Prince Harry opens up to share his side of the headlines.
0: Kari, who do you think will enjoy this book? I think that if you're a fan of not minding your business, (laughs) (laughs) you may love this. This book is for us. (laughs) Um, Although I'm going to be minding my business more after reading it. And you, (laughs) why did you pick this book?
1: Listen, in real life, we discussed it. And we decided since I'm here and I get to hear different things, this would be. Since you
0: are now living in Buckingham Palace and you can get the true <laughs> Earl Grey tea. Mm-hmm.
1: The Earl Grey kind. Mm-hmm. That We could cover it. It would be a good thing, a good book to start our season with. And I was in agreement with that. Um, so I'm actually getting, I got some opinions from people to see what they oh. thought about uh, the book. So I look forward to sharing that with you all.
0: Well, I'm so excited. And now for a spoiler-filled deep dive into Spare by Prince Harry. Alexis, please take it away. Here's the scene. Harry checks his phone.
1: He's the first to arrive. He is waiting for his father and brother to arrive at the agreed upon secret rendezvous spot after the funeral of his grandfather. The spot It's Fogmore, Frogmore Gardens. It's a place that Harry once believed would be his forever home. Hmm. He hopes this meeting will restore peace between himself and his family, his brother, his father. He checks his phone again and he wonders if maybe they changed their minds. He considers giving up and going home. Then he finally sees them. Walking towards him. But they appear different. They appear uh, aligned. In their usual form, they squabble. So, this united front before him is unusual. And he questions whether they were meeting for a walk or a duel. Mm -hmm. He smiles weakly. Um, No smile is returned. And Harry feels. And he feels fear. He's hyper aware. He's feeling vulnerable. Um, And he compares these feelings to walking behind his mother's coffin, going to battle for the first time and giving a speech in the middle of a panic attack. They start the conversation with small talk and eventually get to the point of the reason for the meetup. It quickly turns into a heated argument. His father, he refers to his pa, demands enough. He says, please, boys, don't make my final years a misery. Harry says to William, we were going to live the rest of our lives here. And William reminds Harry that he left. Harry tells William, you know why? And then he quickly learns that William doesn't know and his father doesn't know. No one seems to know why he picked up his wife and child and fled his homeland. Harry needed to explain, but he also knew that right now, no one was in the frame of mind to listen. So this book, this book <laughs> we're covering today, is Prince Harry's Why.
0: Okay, so at this part, I'm like, number one, never go against the family. But then I'm like, where did I get that from? Oh, I got to stop taking life lessons from pop culture. <laughs> there you go. Uh, number two, there how could we know that this intimate moment? And then number three, I'm like, oh, this is Harry's revenge. I'm ready. Not the... To- <laughs> Hey, tell us. Tell okay. us. Let us know. Harry, no, um, this was a really intimate moment. And he does discuss this later on, but I forgot he just came out, out of Oprah's house. <laughs> so <laughs> he, had, <laughs> <laughs> he had already filmed and pu- allowed to publish this interview with this tell-all in- interview with Oprah where he was saying some things. And then he showed up at the house, like, hey. So early
1: in the book, Harry tells us that he remembers landscapes. He remembers geography. He remembers architecture. Dates, he looks up. Dialogue, he makes no claim to know anything verbatim, particularly in connection with the 90s. But for sure, he knows the spaces he's occupied and he describes them quite vividly throughout the book. I'm not going to talk about that at all. Okay.
0: Yeah, it's beautiful, though, when you read it from his um, site, it adds layers to his story. But that's definitely something that if you choose to read the memoir, you can better digest firsthand. Yeah.
1: Part one, young Harry. He was born September 15th, 1984. Uh, Harry Charles Albert David of
0: Wales. So that means his last name is Wales? No, of Wales. So, that's so what's his last like name? Like he's the Duke of Sussex. His last name is in Sussex. It's part of his title. Yes, but he don't. so he don't have a last name. Yeah, that's he's what got I'm concerned a last name. About. What's his last name? Harry. His first name is... <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> what is the man's last name? Okay, continue. I'll find it. <laughs> 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 well, it has to be his... Oh, wait, you guys. <clears throat> Listen. What was his father's last name? You tell me, what is it? Mountain Batten. Because <laughs> so, Davy be Batten on the mountains. Mount Batten. <laughs> I'm going to look at it. Up. All right, well, let me know when Windsor, you find Windsor, it. Windsor, Windsor, of course. Sorry, London listeners. Of course. You know what? Alexis is over there if you want to beat her up. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> so Permission, yeah. his last name is Windsor. Mountbatten-Windsor. Well, okay, all Mount right. Mountbatten-Windsor. Them the Mountbatten-Windsors. You be like, who who all over there? And they be like, the Smiths, you know, the Honorias, you know, and the Mountbatten-Windsors. Oh, not the Mountbatten-Windsors. They always fighting. I'm going to stay at the crib. <laughs> now listen,
1: after he was born, everyone called him Harry, okay? So we just going to call him Harry. In the book, his brother called him Harold. And he called his brother Willie. I'm not going to use those titles because I only know Prince Harry and Prince William, okay? I'm going to keep it official. So, as the story goes, his father allegedly said to his mother after his birth Wonderful, you've given me an heir and a spare. My work is done.
0: And then he went to his girlfriend's house. True story. <laughs> <laughs> True
1: story. I, <laughs> that's what that's word on the street. Not only did the press refer to him, as the spare but his father, mother, grandfather and grandmother referred to him as a, um them as the heir and the spare. And he says there was no judgment about it, no ambiguity about it. He was the shadow, the support, the plan B. And he says he took no offense to that and he felt nothing about the term. He knew who he was and who he wasn't.
0: And he was proud of that. Wouldn't wouldn't you be proud to be someone who your family can rely on? If in, time, in a, a desperate time if necessary he said even if um, like uh, William needed a kidney or some mm-hmm. some bone marrow the idea was that that's what Harry was for and I thought gross but then I thought oh that's family
1: <laughs> no I don't know about that I don't know about that
0: because that that's because you're the oldest everybody's <laughs> the oldest. supposed to give you their kidney well <laughs> no I, I don't know about
1: that I don't know. I don't know about that because that's that's his job now. That's officially who he is, a replacement for his brother, the spare. Mm. Uh-huh. And then to be treated as such. OK, anyway, let's move on. On August 31st, 1997, his mother, Princess Diana, died. Harry was 12 years old when his father came to his room to tell him. He said, mummy has been in a car crash. She was quite badly injured and taken to the hospital with a head injury. I'm afraid she didn't make it. Harry didn't cry. His father didn't hug him. He wasn't shown. um, His father never showed uh, great emotion. He wasn't good at showing emotion. And so this was no different. Harry acknowledges.
0: Oh, you guys. (laughs) so he didn't show he didn't show physical compassion that wasn't something that senior members of the royal family ever did Um, in this moment though it is very tender and I would say for me reading it I felt like the love he had for his son really poured through he was devastated for his children he called him darling boy all the time but Mm -hmm. now as he's telling him his mother died the king is saying it more more than usual. He's just saying, I'm so sorry, darling boy. I'm so sorry, darling boy. And Harry is like, anybody would be in the moment like, okay, well, we going to go see her when we can. Mm-hmm. And the dad is like, okay, but well, she's dead. And Harry's like, yeah, no, I got it. We'll go see her tomorrow then. You know, it's not computing. It's not this is so computing. tragic and unexpected. And he's right. what? How old is he, Alexis? 12. He's 12
1: he's years 12. old. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so, Harry cried
1: only when her coffin was lowered into the grave. And it was because he had imagined her hands folded across her chest with a photo of him and Willie or excuse me, William, um, the only two men who ever truly loved her. Um, Mm -hmm. He also cried not because he believed that she was dead, but because of how terrible, how horrible it was would be if she were dead because in Harry's mind his dear mother had gone into hiding because of the paparazzi's constant harassment and she had just dis- she would just disappear cuz that's something she would say to them i just want to disappear this is a theory that he would later share with his brother and his brother kind of be- entertained that theory as well. But then he realized, no, nope, mom wouldn't do that to us. But Harry said, but she wouldn't do this to us either. She wouldn't die. Mm, mm. Sad. after his mother's funeral, everybody moved on. It was like returning from a school holiday, he said.
0: It's interesting you say that um, Harry and William were the only men who ever loved her. They were babies. <laughs> mm-hmm. They were so. they were not yet men. And I think that says a lot, too, about the love she received in her life. Genuine love. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> Let's talk about part two. Teenage Harry. Harry went to Eton, Eaton um, as school. His father went to as well when he was 14. And
0: Ian Fleming. <laughs> Remember, we read about the author of James Bond going to Eton. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: William was already at Eaton. Um, William wanted Harry to pretend like he didn't know him. So, the previous. Did you two think years, that was cruel? Um, No, I thought that was um kind of brother, <laughs> older brother kind of thing. Yeah. So when you see me in Eaton, you
0: don't know me.
1: Yeah. OK. <laughs> no, I didn't have brothers and um, brothers like that, but I, I get that. That's a sibling kind of thing. You yeah, want your sure. privacy. Mm-hmm. You and want so, your new identity. Yeah. That you get to create by yourself with your own friends. Mm-hmm. And so, um, William had already been at Eaton. He, he was using Eaton as his sanctuary and he just didn't want his younger brother pestering him. So, at the new school, he sought new friends who um, would ignore his armed bodyguard, who wouldn't tease him about being royal, and um, wouldn't mention him being a spare. Now see that see that that right there tells me there's a problem with spare. You don't want anybody to mention it. If this is an honored position to be in, then why do you care? He cares. Mm. Um, his new friends met this requirement, and during his first year there, uh, he smoked and drank beer. So you know, Harry just jumped right into it. Uh, eventually, he would graduate to weed. Uh, his first year at Eden. He even agreed to allow a friend to shave his hair because um, they believed his hair look a mess. OK,
0: he was like, "Ugh,
1: your hair looked terrible. You need There's to do something. There's also some
0: ginger hate going on there, which. Whatever. You think so? No, it's for sure. Yeah. Oh, OK. Mm-hmm.
1: All right. People ginger can find hate. a
0: way to put other people in a category to put them down. And being a redhead is a, a known way to get into somebody's. Category for bullying, yeah. Well, that's terrible. I I don't know why people don't care for the redheads. Hmm. Anyway, you know I love a good redhead, but that that's a footnote. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. So um, once it was done, I'm gonna go buy me some red hair right after we record this. <laughs>
1: Go ahead. <laughs> Once it was done, he realized what a mistake he had made. Um, and so he ran to his brother, whom he wasn't supposed to be in contact with, um, and asked for help. And his brother just laughed and he told him, You shouldn't have done it then. That's like typical sibling stuff. This was so
0: relatable.
1: Uh huh. <laughs> it really was. And Harry
0: seems like an annoying younger brother. Like, do you, you kinda annoying. Of- no. He was annoying me. Oh. <laughs> I was annoyed. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't have let him do it. Coming up to my room crying, I'm going to laugh at you. This going to make you tougher. So you stand up for yourself in the future. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> okay, anyway. <laughs> so somehow,
1: uh, the wind of this got to the papers. And a doctored photo appeared in the papers with the headline, Harry the Skinhead. Mm. And then a few weeks later, uh, Harry was in the same newspaper and with a front line that he had an accident. He had broken a bone um, in his thumb playing rugby. And the paper made it seem like he was on life support. So this was really (laughs) bad timing because it was in the, I think, I believe it was the same year that his mother died. It wasn't very long after that. So um, there just seemed, but after his mom died, there seemed to be seemed to be an agreement that the papers would leave the boys um, alone and let them have their education peace, But that agreement had seemed to expire. Um, and they now turned their attention to Harry. They seemed to focus on Harry. He yeah, had be very actually, disrespectful
0: to publish um, things, lies untruths that would put him in a bad light if he was the future king. Yeah. But everyone could take all their garbage and put it on Harry because he's the future nothing. As a spare. Yeah. His father
1: lodged a formal complaint demanding an apology, but that went ignored. They was like, so? He public domain. Harry would eventually become labeled the naughty one. They even... Refer to him as thicko because yes, they didn't think dumb. he was smart so you know that is a term I learned while I was here that saying oh, you still know used. I'm thick <laughs> yeah it's oh, still use. people will sure, refer thick. to themselves as thick I didn't mm-hmm. realize that was a anyway we say so when, that here Alexis okay
0: <laughs> you know how folks <laughs> go study abroad for six months and be like this isn't like the tea in Japan that's Alexis <laughs> they say thick here it's fancy for stupid
1: Listen, when Harry was home from school, um, it was at the basement of a place called High Grove. And I, I think High Grove was on the property where they lived, okay, somewhere in there. And here is where his brother and him and friends, they could hang out. They could be relaxed. They could be chill. Girls and boys hung out. They would do bad things together, like um, <laughs> drink, underage drinking. Judgy. Underage, <laughs> underage drinking is illegal. That's a bad thing. Okay. They Listen to everything. music. They was yeah. doing all kinds of stuff. Yeah, but, listening to music. Just terrible. <laughs> but <laughs> they, uh, Harry said they didn't do drugs there. And this was Harry the perfect Likes. hideout. What? ahead.
0: You got to be a liar. Go ahead, said, go ahead, go, go ahead. You you
1: really okay. Mhm. All right. This is considered the perfect hideout. Um let's move on to the spring of 1999. Uh, he went to Botswana. Um they needed him to have something to do over the long school break. So he got a new minder and his name was Marco and also his Favorite nanny, Tiggy, would also go along. Um, He mentions kind of that Tiggy um, was a favorite and maybe that his mom was a little jealous of her. Like, Yeah, they, they brought Tiggy in into place. the
0: household to replace Diana as things were um, falling apart between her and Charles. She would be the nanny to watch over the children. The pseudo mom, you know, mm-hmm. that's deep and gross. So Diana was like never really messing with her like that. But the boys loved her. Yeah. And she loved him, too. She was a good nanny.
1: Yeah. Um, Marco was also a ginger. And Harry kind of looked up to him as being strong and fun. He wanted to be like him. He, uh, one of the attributes that he took on after his mother died, especially, was um, trying to be the funny guy,
0: make mm-hmm. people laugh,
1: and, the you know, the center of attention. The
0: court jester. Mm-hmm. And Marco's actually a godfather for one of their children now. Mm. Very nice. So Harry had um,
1: Harry had been afraid of darkness, of dark, of being afraid of the dark. But in Botswana, he saw campfires, and he felt like that um, was the answer to his fear of darkness, and it brought him a sense of relief. And while he was in Botswana, he saw a leopard come by, and he walks towards the leopard, and of course, Marco is like, you know, get away from that thing. Uh, but that leopard for him represented a sign from his mother. And it was like, everything's going to be all right. That's how he looked at it. Some time later, Harry um, is approached by Marco and asked if he's doing drugs. In fact, people think he's an addict. And Harry's like, that's all lies. Lies. Harry's lies, like, lies. "What?
0: What are drugs? Tell me. I don't know. <laughs> what are drugs? And then and to us as the reader, he goes, obviously I was doing cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> yes. like, Harry, you are the worst. <laughs> he said, I was like flat out, I did not mm-hmm. do that. What me? One me. You got a picture? Oh, <laughs> then it wasn't me. <laughs> Oh, Mount Mattson, Wenderson, son. <laughs> listen,
1: listen, the papers claim they had a picture, but Harry didn't believe it was true. He had to rack his mind while he was coming up with his lies like I ain't doing that he didn't, there was no picture out there. And he stood in that. He stood 10 toes down in that lie.
0: <laughs> Said, Probably 12 toes because you know they be cousins. <laughs> okay, <go. laughs> Harry says that his father
1: (laughs) and Camilla would use this as an opportunity to paint themselves in a positive light, caring for that troubled child of theirs.
0: Well, the story became that he was in rehab and they had a photo of him going into a rehab center, which he was for um, volunteer work, because that's part of the service of the royal family. They used that photo against him, said he was um, a drug addict. And the idea is that because Camilla needed to get into the good graces of society, she she helped and likely um, his dad also to um, perpetuate this story. So that they could be seen as the relatable self-sacrificing parents to a very troubled son. Yeah. So they sacrificed him on the altar of public opinion.
1: Yeah. And um, his father also needed to be seen in that good light because after um, Princess Diana's death, they, you know, vilified him in the paper. So... As it gets close to graduation time, his father is like, what do you want to do when you grow up? Harry's like, I got some ideas. I,
0: I some... want to work at the banana stand at the beach. <laughs> I want to work at the Fondue Hut, at the ski resort. I want to be a Harry. ski instructor. I want to be a Harry. safari guy. Harry, 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 <laughs> Harry. You think I'm asking for ideas? You need to pick an occupation. Ah, Harry's like, um... You think society is going to pay for you to live so you can go work at the fondue hut?
1: <laughs> it was like, I want to do something miraculous. Something so different and out there. I want to sell fondue at the fondue hut.
0: <laughs> and be <me, Charles. laughs> Hey, we need you to read more books on your spare time. Spare. <laughs> Talk about the spare. Well, as
1: you know, people didn't (laughs) think Harry was very smart. So uh, he eventually landed on the idea of going to the army. He said he could connect with that because as a child, he played with his toys of military and that kind of thing. Army toys, soldier toys. That's what they're called, I think.
0: But that wasn't the only reason he wanted to do something noble. Yeah. He was sick of being seen as the mess up, the dumb one. And he Mm -hmm. was like, one thing I can do, I can train. I can I can give myself to the army to turn me into something useful for my country. I love Mm -hmm. my country. I love my family. I want to make them both proud. So there's some nobility there. Yeah, he did. He says that a
1: lot throughout the book um, about his love of country that comes Mm -hmm. up very often. But his father suggested um, and family, his father suggested he take a gap year. OK, we'll get to the gap year. Harry was like graduating and whatnot. High school finished. But then after he finished high school, what came out in the paper in the
0: streets? Harry was cheating on an art test. He was like, how you even cheat on the art test? Now, I know I lied about the cocaine, but I ain't gonna stand for this. <laughs> <laughs> I believed them too. Like, very silly. silly. How you <laughs> cheat on an art test? You can either art or you can't art. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> how did I get accused of cheating in art class? This don't
1: even make no sense, right? Anyway, the motto became in life, but he was clear to that. Let me just say, he was clear to that. The motto was. Never complain, never explain. So that's how they stood when it comes to things in the press. Don't, don't, just let it go. The article, though, labeled him a cheat, a dummy, and eventually they called him Prince Thicko.
0: And his father told him, just don't read it. Just don't read it, son. And he said, you're telling me not to read it. But every morning when y'all get up, what's passed around the table? papers yeah <laughs> so somebody reading it
1: <laughs> somebody is reading it gap year harry part three so harry spent his gap year part of it like nine weeks of it in australia as an unpaid jackaroo on a family farm called Tulumbella. and the owners of this farm have been friends of his mom um And he worked hard on that farm and became good friends with the son of the family here, the eldest son. And they worked together on a lot of stuff and really became close friends. And he ended up leaving at nine weeks because the paparazzi found him. And the paparazzi just
0: always seemed to pop up all the time. Relentless.
1: Yeah. Yeah, It's not like they're in
0: the bushes. They will send somebody to befriend your friends so that they can get part of your inner circle. They'll try to find a way to corrupt those around you so as to get more information on you. They are like in America what the paparazzi do over there they wouldn't live very long because being on personal property you know in America that'll (laughs) get you shot. Yeah it'll get you (laughs) shot. in somebody's car that'll get you shot. Mm-hmm. Sneezing on people, that'll get you shot. Oh, you what's can't do what y'all there? do over there. Over here what's, mm, what's going on, mm, on over there? They, talk to me. After. You ready to come home, Alexis? <laughs> because that sounds so it, it is concerns. your Sam uh over here. Yikes. Go ahead. Anyway, he also... But I was shocked to find, like, that he would go to the bathroom. It'd be paparazzi. Like, wait, what? Do you mean roaches? Are you saying (laughs) roaches? (laughs) Or do you mean paparazzi? Because this is insane. Yeah, in
1: the book, he refers to them as pops, paps. Mm -hmm, Very commonly referred to as that. Um, He also spent part of that gap year in Lesotho. Um, And he connected... I think this is where he met... Um, Mike and Tej, is this where he met them? Oh Germany? yeah, they were
0: like his play auntie and uncle.
1: Yeah, he, he really, really loved, loved them, them um, and valued the relationship he had with them. Um, he he felt genuine love from them, and so he would regularly throughout the book he talks about going back to them and spending time with them, and he really developed a true appreciation for the continent of Africa while he was there and, and decided he wanted to take on some projects um, because of his time there with them. They taught him so much. Um, also, while he was there, he met a woman named Chelsea and he would met her previously. Um, I think he met her in Cape Town and he thought she was different. And there was some thing he appreciated most about her is that she didn't care about his royalty. She was like <laughs> royalty boring, snooze fast. In fact I might dump you because of how
0: public your life is. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. Um, but he he really appreciated this woman um early on at this time in his life, she was um a treasure to him and they would have an on and off relationship. Um over the years, yeah. Eventually, he would go on to the academy, the military academy. Uh, he took the entrance exam. He passed. Uh, he said the test was mostly about psychological toughness and leadership skills, and he felt like the um, army was looking for people with him, like him, people with unresolved grief, people with psychological <laughs> <Damaged>. trauma. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the army. yeah, mm-hmm.
0: and I, I don't think and that's if you far from damage, the truth. We'll damage you. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's far yeah. from the
1: truth. Um, mm-hmm. Once he passed, he got a start date. Um, this allowed him time to not only spend time with Chelsea but tie up some moose ends at home. He speaks about this time um, in his military training where he injured uh, his knee, and it delayed his uh, start. The press wanted to know why he delayed his start, um, and The palace told him this because he was injured playing rugby, which was a lie. But that lie quickly turned ugly because they said Harry was a coward and afraid to join the military. So are you going to talk about the costume party?
0: This is the next thing I'm going to talk about. So this is interesting because I thought he wasn't enrolled in the army yet, but you just helped me realize he was accepted into the military yes, at this point. Yes, he was. Yep. Mm-hmm. So while
1: he was delaying, um, while his start to the army was um, pending, there was the costume party. And I was going to ask you, Kari, what event in Harry's life do you mar- remember most? Is it the costume party? Do you remember that? Is that a headline?
0: Yeah. And before, of course, everything recently. Yeah, yeah, I, would yeah. Say, I would say it was him showing up to what I believe to be his great uncle in his great uncle's costume because um, <clears throat> uh, Queen Elizabeth's f- uncle that abdicated the throne for Wallace Simpson was a Nazi sympathizer. And this is history. This is like public knowledge. Yeah. So I always believe that he like... Grabbed one of his old Nazi uniforms. I don't know why I would think a Nazi sympathizer had Nazi uniforms in a closet years after his death. But anything is possible. Yeah. Regardless, he showed up to a, a party which already okay, had yeah, a crew. Go ahead and share the story. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. You got it. <laughs> no, no. Go right I'm ahead. I'm a little. I'm I'll a little jump less. in. I'll okay. jump in when I'm ready. Go forth. Very fast. Uh, many of you may remember a photo of Prince Harry in a Nazi uniform with a swastika on his arm. He was attending a party which already had a crude theme, natives and uh, colonials, okay? So much to unpack here. How disconnected the highest in power are from the pain caused by the systems they create and nurture. That's the first one for me. When he was called out about it now before picking the uniform, he says he cleared it with William and Kate and they were like, pick the Nazi uniform. (laughs) In my mind, be funny. Yes. In my mind, these are um, privileged, disconnected people and Mm -hmm. they saw Harry as the joke. So they're going to make him do the most outrageous thing. Not necessarily even in a hurtful way, but if you can get him to do anything, get him to do anything. okay? And he did it. Um, He was thinking, he says, I meant no harm. let that sit, for atonement, his word, he was sent to the chief rabbi of Britain. What? (laughs) He spoke then in the book about the six million turned to ash and smoke. Okay, but that's a passive language. The truth is that the Nazi party whose clothing you wear wore murdered six million people and you wore the uniform as a joke. He then says the rabbi gave him grace. The rabbi gave him grace and forgived him. I'm forgiven by the chief rabbi of Britain. I've learned my lesson. This did not sit right with me until um, later on in life. A few years later, not that much longer, he realized I hadn't taught myself enough. I resolved to change that. So uh, Prince Harry realized much too late, but he realized it, that the error was not on anyone else, but on himself, because he is known for not reading. He is known for not educating himself. And that's inexcusable for anyone, but especially someone in his position from his family with the resources that he has to educate himself. Mm -hmm. There's no reason this man at this point of his life shouldn't know deeply the the events that have occurred throughout recent history in the last hundred years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that not everything is a joke. Not
1: everything is a joke. Mm-hmm. He, he said
0: he was res- he resolved to change that he's going to pick up a book and not all education got to be from books. So if you don't like reading and you listen to this show just so you ain't got to read a book, shame on you, but also no judgment because some people just don't like to read. There are a lot of ways to take in information, accurate information. Mm-hmm. And he says that to become the person I hope to be, I had to change who I was. OK, that's it. OK, and, and- then he goes on to call his fellow soldier a little packy friend. But you know what? That He's is annoying. Yeah, that was my next stop,
1: but thanks for capturing that. <laughs> so, moving on from that event, um, he got a new Marco, the minder that he had, the person that was always looking out for him. And his name was JLP for short. Um, he was a product of Britain's finest. Uh, military training. He had an extensive background and people looked to him. So Harry asked him to receive the secret police files of his mother's crash and he had them within three days. Um, He didn't give all the files since he can, JLP didn't give him all the files because he considered uh, some of them challenging. And when Harry was able to look at the files, he thought the images would confirm his mother's death,
0: but they didn't. He's still he delusional about whether his mother's died. Yeah. yeah.
1: He he said it actually confirmed the belief that his mother was still in hiding. Um, He also saw the part that the per- paparazzi played and it really, it angered him even more.
0: He never thought that people were taking her picture as she was dying. Mm-hmm. But the photos confirmed that as she was breathing her last breath, the last thing she saw was the, the flash of a camera. Ooh. That's horrible.
1: Um, When he finally goes to boot camp, boot camp is his rigorous training. Um, At last, he didn't think he was going to make it, but he eventually did make it through the training. And soon Harry would go on to his commanding. Um, After he goes to the training, um, people hear that he's completed. He's going to be ready to be placed, deployed somewhere. And they hear about it. And he starts getting um, threats for his life. If you put him out here, he gonna be a number one for us to get. We got a target on his back. So they wouldn't put him out there. And eventually, Harry would go on to say, um, listen, if if you don't place me somewhere, deploy me, then I, I gotta leave the army. It's just... I just can't be out here sitting like Mm this.
0: He did not want to be useless. And one quote I thought was um, that stuck with me was the Taliban had learned about my presence on the base and the granular details of my tour through the nonstop coverage that week at the British press. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. press directly jeopardized not just his life, but the life of all his soldier brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So part of the war,
1: like. In the middle of a um, war. So Mm -hmm. let's jump quickly to military Harry. Harry um, was in the military about 10 years. He completed two tours. Um, He had some on and off relationships um, with women. Um, He talks about the scrutiny that his family received and he received. He talks about his experience during these tours. He would go to a place an area and they find out where he was, the paparazzi would find out where he is in a military zone and they'd have to remove him quickly. So he did that tour. He then do a second tour. And again, the paparazzi, well, you can't really know where somebody is when they're in the air, but there was a, I can't remember what the reason why he left the second time, but he was eventually, he eventually left the second tour, but he did serve 10 years.
0: Two concerns were were that if the Taliban or any enemy knew where he was, it jeopardized the lives of everyone around him. And then secondly, if if he were to die, that would be a national upset. So they need to allow this man to risk his life without any real risk that he would die. Yeah. And that was like impossible. So people didn't you you don't want Prince Harry to die on your watch. Yeah. (laughs) You in the army like what's going to happen to you?
1: Yeah. So he left the army and once he left the army he really went into really a depression um Uh, At this time, he started to seek out a therapist because his emotional state was very fragile. Um, He had a panic attack in 2015. His brother laughed and suggested that he get help. And he did seek help. Um, One of the therapists suggested that he had PTSD. um, And his PTSD started from the death of his mom. He also... um, took on meditation um he also used psychedelics and he also decided that he wanted to help people and that is when he came up with the Invictus games um and he also did work in Africa
0: I was going to say you said Harry laughed Harry was very William. um William I'm sorry William William was very um kind when Harry First mentioned his PTSD, but there was a moment when I think he had to give a speech and he was sweating and shaking and he was soaked.
1: Yeah, that was the panic. And William could
0: not stop laughing at how drenched his brother was. Mm -hmm. I saw this as, again, siblings be going way too far. Like I'm seriously, my heart is about to walk on up out of my body. And my brother cannot stop laughing at how wet I am for no reason. <laughs> so I, it didn't. He, I don't even think he, he was hurt. He was like, "How dare you laugh?" And you know, I have this issue, but yeah. I also saw that as like, people be playing too much with family.
1: Yeah, that happens. Um, mm-hmm. Harry meets Megan. Now, for this part, I feel like a lot of this is like public, like current information. Um, the interview with. Uh, Oprah, I think she, they kind of talked about some of, clarify some of this stuff in here. So um, let's just say, start with Harry saw Megan on Instagram and he was with a <laughs> friend of his and he was like, oh, she got beautiful energy and she beautiful. <laughs> I would like to meet her. And they did. And they started talking in July of 2016. They had an immediate connection. At the time, she was in London. So they made plans to meet. Um, Harry was 30 minutes late for their first date. But they still hit it off. Had a wonderful connection. Fell in love. Um, Meg went back to Canada. Um, He, of course, was in London. And they held a long distance relationship for about the next nine months. Um, They would eventually vacation together in Botswana and he stayed with his friends that he really loved. And in the few days that they were together, he just knew he loved this woman. One time he dropped his phone while he was spending time in Botswana in the Water, water in, in the a, swamp, in the swamp whatever. or something. Yeah. So he lost his phone, and he decided he was like freaking out because he and Megan had been in communication like all the time, and so now there's this gap. He can't communicate with her. He doesn't have her number, but he knew he had given the number to one of um, his friends that um, picked her up, and he. Um, the friend's like, well, just write her a letter and I'll take a picture and send it to her. And so that's how they communicated. But um, is there anything in particular about this time of them that you want to talk about? Because I'm
0: going to wrap it up. It's very cute. Uh, all of it is very, very, uh, it's very cute. That's all I can say. And it seemed that right away there were some Americanisms versus Englishisms. Yeah, uh, that made her annoying to the family. Now Harry already annoying. Now he bringing this annoying <laughs> girlfriend that want to borrow your lip gloss while we at an event. She was like, "Hi, meet." He was like, "Hi, meet Kate. I love Kate." And so she was like, "Great, I love Kate too." Kate, can I borrow your lip gloss? <laughs> and Kate was like, "Pause." huh? Like, this is not appropriate. And then Kate forgot something one day and Megan was like, oh, don't worry about it. It's just, um, baby brain. It's your hormones. Mm -hmm. Y'all, they had to have a sit down dinner about it. Kate was furious. She said, how dare you mention my hormones? You don't even know me. I understood this so well because Americans are so informal and so lax, and I saw on Twitter people were like, "Oh, why would you ever borrow someone's lip gloss?" Y'all, she squeezed it onto her finger and put it on her lips. Like that's so basic. But I
1: remember the future queen of England
0: might not like that. No, right.
1: right. (laughs) Now
0: you know what lip gloss she wears, and that's that should be protected information for her. That's a Uh lot. It's a lot. Oh wow, Not protected information. Yeah, then you gonna be selling it as the K- Princess Kate no, lip gloss? Ain't no. nobody got time for that. Megan <laughs> don't care that
1: much now. She just needed to. pick can't her ashy know lips. that this is
0: an American. She'll do anything. She's an actress. It, yeah, it bit it. Really though,
1: there were some cultural differences. So because when she initially met
0: the family, everybody seemed to like her love her yeah, yeah. um and, and it, then she started opening her mouth and going hey y'all see uh that latest episode of so and so everybody was like you need to <laughs> not like us so much <laughs> how you gonna come in here liking us more than we like each other and get out <laughs> yeah and then of course she was very popular um. yeah just in, the like press. in the press oh then people really hated her mm-hmm. yeah
1: they hated her mm-hmm. and they loved her they had a love hate relationship with her because they would say really positive things and they would say really hateful things about her and that made all the
0: difference in the world so Mm -hmm. Um, and as they're feeding or someone's feeding lies to the press and the press is regurgitating these lies people just believe the lies and there was the story that Megan made Kate cry and Kate was like oh I'm sorry because I made you cry and Megan was like thank you (laughs) according to Prince Harry and it's like why aren't you don't go Go ahead ahead. because she still don't like her like Kate just don't like her (laughs) and you don't gotta like her She's not going to fight for you. (laughs) And so
1: that was the thing that Harry had a problem with. He was like, you're not fighting for her. You know, the things that they're saying are untrue, but the palace is not protecting her. And I don't like that. I need to protect my family throughout his life. The paparazzi has shown up time and time again, harassed him. And all he could do was have flashbacks of his mother's and what he knew about his mother. So he needed to exit. So if you have one more thing to share, Kari.
0: I was going to say, and um, it's well known that they actively spread lies when it suits them. So why not actively spread the truth, especially if it will protect our family? In the end, he did have to leave because of safety concerns, because he was told one day by his bodyguard, we told we got to leave you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah and then he was like well what we gonna do and then Megan was like "Uh, you got Tyler Perry number <laughs> and that's really the end <laughs> as wild as it seems yeah that is really <laughs> the end and so
1: that's all I'm gonna share about the book um, why don't we take a quick break So, Kari, what is your final verdict and would you recommend this book?
0: First of all, I think you did a great job on your deep dive. There's so much in this book, so much nuance, and it's hard to really dissect it. A lot of the press I've seen about this book is, uh, why can't Harry admit that he's the problem sometimes instead of blaming people. You guys, I really want to know if you read this book, do you feel like um, Prince Harry blames his family? William, we put out a poll on Twitter and the question is, if you read Spare, please share who you think Prince Harry sees as the villain in his life. I cannot imagine anyone reading this book and thinking Prince Harry hates England or his family. Who's the clear villain, Alexis? He, He obviously hates the press and what they've done to his family obviously so in this uh, poll that we put out 10.3% said prince william 10.3 said his entire family 3.4 says baldness yeah harry is so <laughs> shady when he first introduces william he's like his alarming baldness much advanced than much more advanced than my own <laughs> but 75.90% clearly see that from his birth until today, he sees the British press as his enemy in life. After reading this book, I see the same. And I also sympathize with him on another level. Um, He did not choose this life. Um, He definitely has some ideas that I wouldn't agree with, but he's another, that's any memoir, that's any other person. Um, However, his choice to leave his home, everything he's ever known to start a new life um, like that hummingbird in the end, uh, which you'll understand if you choose to read it. I understood it. Um, there's a code mm-hmm. between him and William that whenever they are joking with each other, the jokes stop when they say on mommy's life. And there is a argument mm-hmm. at the end of this book that is just heartbreaking because William says it's clear that William is torn. Also, like life can't be easy for William either. Right. And Harry, to me, is not saying that his family is unloving. Um, I, I didn't realize how much he loved his dad and how close they were, uh, which I really got in the book from all these dearest, dear boys. And his dad loves him. He, everybody loves him, actually. He's and- annoying. He's the annoying <laughs> little brother that everyone likes. But he is annoying. I don't think he's <laughs> okay. <a name. laughs> and he makes bad decisions and he does drugs. Listen, uh, but everyone loves him mm-hmm. um, and he's very considerate. He's not just um, a entitled uh, fool. He's not that. He, he is a considerate person, it seems when he talks about ex-relationships, ex-girlfriends. I thought the way that he talked about his time with these women was so respectful and um, so honest. At least he's not speaking for them. He's talking about how he felt in those moments and he's not divulging a lot of sensitive information, um, which I liked. Uh, In the end, his family is very upset because he went to the media, which is also classless. And he's like, the things you do in private with the press, I'm just doing out in the open. And I understood that also. All of it is icky. I hate family talking about family. Um, But I got his need to do so because his family is also a corporation, a company, a firm. Um, so my final verdict, I entirely love this book. I would recommend it probably in like on Goodreads, probably not in person to people because it's really your choice. If you want to read this, um, it's a memoir and I don't want to be the one that recommended it to you. You might be like, oh, there's too much drama. I don't know. People are. Yeah, everyone has their own opinion, but I loved it. Ten stars. Ten out of ten. Highly recommend. And I would read this book again. What about you, Alexis? What did you think of Spare?
1: Yeah, so I really. um I did feel for Harry and I truly understood the thought he said where um, he talked to Oprah. I talked to Oprah publicly, but y'all were doing stuff inside and not telling the truth, but not being truthful about it. I mean, you got family members contributing you got people closest to my grandma she um saying negative stuff and doing negative stuff and putting that out in the press and no one's protecting me i'm saying my stuff you see it coming from the horse's mouth and um i'm comfortable with that so i get it i totally understood that and um so i i did enjoy the book i enjoyed hearing his part you know family is family and I don't see that he he loves his family. He wants them to be at peace. And I see that in the writing of this book. I don't feel like there was a, I don't feel like there was an ax to grind with this. I really feel like he was sharing his side of the story. Um, maybe there are some conversations um, with his family that maybe they wanted to have private, but so much of his life with his wife they spit out in the streets and okayed um, the attack of her. So um, I I would recommend the book to people who enjoy reading um, about the lives of others. Um, mm-hmm. Intimate details of other people's lives. If you love that, then you'll love this book.
0: Yeah, because in a whole, I mean, as a whole, it is heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. It's heartbreaking. Situation. His family is torn in two. And when you think of family, you think of Prince William, you think of his wife and his children. But when you think of family, you think of Harry, you think of the royal family, mm-hmm. not his wife and children. Right. There's something wrong with that. Um, all right. Well, thank you. What are we reading next week, Alexis? We should all be millionaires. Perfect. Lit Society is brought to you by Alexa Sanaria and Kari Herrera. Support the cause by leaving a five-star review for our show on Apple Podcasts, That's along hers. with a comment about why you absolutely love us. We love, love you y'all, too. too. If you've enjoyed what you've just heard, tell a friend about Lit Society. Visit LitSocietyPod.com for show notes this month's book list and to sign up for our amazing email newsletter. Until next time, read, read something. something. Welcome to season four. That's right.